हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन चैप्टर टेन द फिलॉसफी ऑफ द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन एंड आवर टॉपिक इज क्रिटिसिजम्स द इंडियन कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन कैन बी सब्जेक्टेड टू मेनी क्रिटिसिजम्स ऑफ व्हिच थ्री मे बी ब्रीफली मैंशन फर्स्ट दैट इट इज अनविली सेकेंड दैट इट इज unrepresentative and the third that it is alien to our conditions the criticism that is it is unwittingly is based on the assumption that the entire constitution of a country must be found in one compact document but this is not true even of countries such as us which do not do have a compact constitution the fact is that the country's constitution is to be identified with a compact document and with other written documents with constitutional status thus it is possible to find important constitutional statements and practices outside one compact document in the case of india many such details practices and statements are included in one single document and this has been made that document somewhat large in size many countries for instance do not have provisions for election commission or the civil service commission in the document known as constitution but in in india many such matters are attended to by the constitutional document itself a second criticism of the constitution is that it is unrepresentative do you remember how the constituent assembly was formed at that time adult franchise was not yet granted and most members came from the advanced section of the society does this make our constitution unrepresentative here we must distinguish two components of representation one that might be called voice and the other opinion the voice component of representation is important people must be recognized in their own language or voice not in the language of the masters if we look at indian constitution from this dimension it is indeed unrepresentative because members of the constituent assembly were chosen by a restricted franchise not by universal suffrage however if we examine the other dimension we may not find it altogether lacking in representativeness the claim that almost every shade of opinion was represented in the constituent assembly may be a triple aggregated but may have something to it if you read the debates that took place in the constituent assembly we find that a vast range of issues and opinions were mentioned members raised matter not only based on their individual social concerns but based on the perceived interest and concerns of the various social sections as well
Is it a co coincidence that the central square of every other small town has a status of Dr. Ambedkar with a copy of the Indian constitution? far from being a mere symbolic tribute to him. This expresses the feeling among Dalits that the constitution reflects many of their aspirations. A final criticism alleges that the Indian constitution is entirely an alien document. Borrowed article by article from western constitutions and sits uneasily with the cultural ethos of the Indian people. This criticism is often voiced by many. Even in constituent assembly itself, there were some voices that echo this concern. How far is this charge true? It is true that the Indian constitution is modern and partly western. Do you remember that in the first chapter we have listed the various sources from which our constitution borrowed? But in this chapter you have also seen that it is, was never a blind borrowing. It was innovative borrowing. Besides, as we shall see, this does not make it entirely alien. First, many Indians have not only adopted modern ways of thinking, but have made the, these their own. For them, westernization became a form of protest against the filth in their own tradition. Ramohan Roy started this trend and it is continued to this day by Dalits, indeed as early as 1841. It was noticed that the Dalit people of northern India were not afraid to use the newly introduced legal system and bring suits against their landlords. So, this new instrument of modern law was effectively adopted by the people to address questions of dignity and justice. Second, when Western modernity began to interact with local cultural systems, something like a hybrid culture began to emerge, possibly by creative adaptation by which a pallor can be found neither in Western modernity nor in indigenous tradition. This cluster of newly developed phenomena forged out of Western modern and indigenous traditional cultural systems have the character of a different alternative modernity. In non-Western societies, different modernities emerged as non-Western societies tried to break loose not only from their own past practices but also from the shackles of the, a particular version of Western modernity imposed on them. Thus, when we were drafting our constitution, efforts were made to amalgamate Western and traditional Indian values. It was a process of selective adaptation and not borrowing.
now let us wind up the session and thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self learning podcast